<laughs> All right, hey Pete, let's let's dive into this now. Normally, or for for a long time in our conversations on Tuesdays, you've started with some commentary and other on sports, on the Browns or on the Indians or whatever. And uh, uh, in that vein, I just want to ask you about uh, your opinion on this latest woke NFL news. Uh, affirmative action is in full swing here. Uh, they have decided in the wake of the Brian Flores, who is the fired coach from the Miami Dolphins, who said that he was fired because he was black and he apparently I don't know how he was hired because he was still black then, too, I guess. But uh, but at any rate, uh, he filed a lawsuit against the whole of the NFL claiming discrimination, et cetera, et cetera, and that the Rooney rule needed to be changed. Well, they have decided to expand the Rooney rule. For those who don't know, the Rooney rule required that every team that is going to be hiring a new head coach or a coordinator, offensive or defensive or special teams, or a front office position like general manager, have to interview at least one minority and keep them part of the process. Um, and as we all know, Pete, you and I have talked about it for a very long time. That just kind of leads to, you know, the uh, the scarlet letter, if you will. Was I a real hire or was I a diversity hire? Did they interview me uh, just to meet their quota? Did they really have an interest in me? Uh, I, I really can't tell. And it, and it's just it kind of leads to a lot of hard feelings. Well, now they've changed that from interview to flat out hire. The NFL yep. now says that every team must hire one diverse person to their offensive coaching staff. By diverse, it means it can be a woman or it can be an ethnic or racial minority. Um, Pete, it's full-on affirmative action. What's your reaction? If And I've read a little bit about it. If it is as reported, and that's a big if, you never know, but if it is as reported, it's patently unlawful. It's a violation of Title VII. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no way they can defend that. It's one thing to expand the pool of potential candidates. Uh, that's traditional affirmative action, where you say, okay, we've got a position, we've got a vacancy here, and instead of going to the usual suspects to fill that vacancy, what we're going to do is expand the pool of potential hirees, interviewees, and by so expanding, there's a likelihood that we're going to have more minorities in that pool of potential hires. That's okay, all right, if structured the right way. But when you say we must hire a particular racial or sexual or, or a, a particular racial group or someone from uh, who's female or male for a particular slot, when you say that will be done, that's discriminatory. You're, you are thereby excluding, most naturally, you're going to be excluding somebody from another group. That's discrimination on its face. Uh, now, that's, <clears throat> that's the way it looks like it's going to operate based on the reporting that I saw. And I saw a couple of sites last night. New York Times and a couple of other places. Yes, I saw the New York Times. I'm sorry. I try to avoid it because it's just <laughs> in any event. But in any event, um, um, you know, let's put aside the law for a second, because what we see very often is whenever companies engage in this kind of thing, and a lot of companies do, huge companies right after the George Floyd incident decided that, you know, they are going to get woke. And they want to expand the number of employees who were in their upper managerial ranks. What that had to do with George Floyd, who knows? But, you know, there was this whole thing of getting rid of the Aunt Jemima, uh, you know, box and mm-hmm. Uncle Ben. and I mean, all kinds of stuff that people revisit. And all of a sudden, you've, we found that 50% of all Americans must be black if you look at our commercials. And, you know, it, it just it, it took on a whole ridiculous um, cast. In any event... Um, when you start to when you expand the pool, it, that's fine. When you start to hire on the basis by a color by numbers, that's unlawful. If it's reported the right way, then 
you know, someone who gets excluded from the hiring process can file a lawsuit. A non-minority can file a lawsuit and say, hey, wait a minute. And they are apparently, based on the reporting, they've articulated it this way. I mean, I tend to believe the reporting because they have somebody quoted in there. I don't remember who it was. Um, but let's put the law aside. It's just wrong. Uh, this is not what you do in the United States of America. You don't count by race. You don't count by sex. This is the wrong thing. We did it in the past, and we acknowledged after a long struggle. We fought a war. We did all kinds of stuff. We acknowledged that was wrong. That was, in fact, evil. We changed our ways, and then for a brief shining moment, it wasn't perfect, but for about 15, 20 years, Right around Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech and thereafter, we started to get it right. And then we start veering back again into hard racial discrimination again. It doesn't help anybody. It breeds resentment. It breeds division. And let's face it, uh, we've, as I've said before, we've been down this path before. It does not end well. Bob, I don't think... You and I have had some discussions offline. I can't remember too many times in my lifetime when we've had such a toxic racial environment or, frankly, pick your category. There were divisions that we didn't have, say, 10 years ago, and it's because of this obsession, uh, unhealthy obsession, with making everything about identity. And it's only going to get worse from here. And, you know, Pete, it is only going to get worse from here because you said the words male and female a couple of times in your response, which begs the question, of course, what is a male and what is a female? And at what point? I'm not a biologist, Bob. I can't answer that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Neither am I. But, but in, in all seriousness, if they can do this and get away with this, like you said, blatantly unconstitutional and illegal, but if they do because, uh, because they just get away with it, and nobody takes it to court, or if they take it to court and the judges refuse, refuse to deal with it, or whatever, at what point, and I can't see it being very far off, are they going to declare every NFL team must hire one trans person for their staff? Uh, you know, somebody who is a bi- male who thinks he's a female, or vice versa, or is non-binary, or whatever. An LGBTQ quota must be met here. It's one thing for Carl Nassib, who I think is the first guy to still be playing to openly come out. There have been other guys who retired and then said they were gay when they played in the NFL. And by the way, nobody cared then any more than they would have when they played. I don't care about Carl Nassib either, the former Brown and uh, now Raider, I guess. But uh, it's one thing for them to just say, hey, I'm gay and I'm playing football. It's another thing for the league to say you must hire a gay or trans person if they can make you hire a woman. If they can make you hire a minority for a particular job, how can they not? T- how is that not the next logical step? Yeah, the mind boggles. Maybe it's because there probably aren't sufficient quantities. Uh, you know, it was only a few years ago, Bob. You and I had discussed, you know, the the whole thing with respect to the kneeling. I mean, it's been it's not been that long. No. Think about how fast and how in, the incline of this trajectory. It's been really dramatic, and it's harmed. It's actually been about it, it, five years, by the way. I think it's five yeah. years that that Kaepernick's been out of the league. So. Right, right. You know, and uh, you know, we've had this republic now for 250 years. I mean, this is amazing how quickly this has happened. Um, and think about all of, you know, the, we know that various sports leagues have been having significant problems, aside from COVID, put COVID aside, have had significant attendance and viewership issues. They've been down across the board, in some cases, really kind of dramatic plummeting. Now, there are a host of reasons for that, but one of the reasons is, again, with the Kaepernick kneeling and this obsession with identity, sports is a refuge. Um, viewers, at least, want to just watch the game. They don't really care. I, 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 I've never in my time encountered anybody who cared what color Jim Brown was. 
You know, to me, he was my, my hero. I thought he was the greatest football player of all time. I still think that. And who the hell cares, excuse my language, uh, what race he is. We just want to see great performance, a little bit of courage also on the football field. And, you know, when you start to inject race into everything and or identity, period, it diminishes from the the true value of sports and the purpose of sports. And I think the NFL is going down a bad path. They've been doing it for a while. I think that Roger Goodell, by the way, is maybe the worst commissioner maybe in all of sports, maybe in all of sports history, but I think they're harming their brand by doing this. Sports is supposed to be a refuge and escape from the everyday, everyday world, but they keep shoving it in our face. But more importantly, is it's toxic. It, makes, it pits Americans against one another, and it's just fundamentally wrong. Completely concur, Peter Kersenow. We've got a lot more work to do. We're going to talk about Disney, Ron DeSantis, the battle that is uh, brewing there. It's not even brewing anymore. It's just a full-on. Uh, we're going to talk about that as we continue with Peter Kersenow next. And, oh, by the way, hey, Pete, I got a, I got a text message. Somebody said Opticon. That's the, that's the working title of the new book. He said it sounds like the next variant of, uh, of COVID. You know that, right? <laughs> And by the way, if you if you don't give us a novel on something crazy that has happened in COVID, uh, a tremendous you know fictional but but you know based in in this COVID story, I'm going to be very disappointed. I'm going to expect. Well, I have given the- I have sent to my publisher a, another synopsis uh, dealing with um, a uh, germ warfare issue for Dietrich in Maryland and the uh, Dugway Proving Grounds. So you never know. You never okay. know. All right, very good. Yeah, I'm, I, and I'm going to look for that in the next two years. So you got you got two years to get that thing put together. Peter Kirsten, I'll back with us right after this. All right, Peter Kirsten, now continuing with a short segment here, but we'll carry this over after the news and finish the thoughts. Um, but let me lay it out here real quick, Peter. And this story is on alwaysright.us right now. I always want to encourage people to go to my website, alwaysright.us, and check out uh, the most important stories. And, Pete, this is, um, this is pretty remarkable. Um, the, the, the folks at Disney are outraged. They're furious that children are not going to be uh, forced to learn about sex in grades K through 3. No sex at all. No straight sex, no gay sex, no self-sex, no multi-sex, no imaginary sex, no sex at all. And Disney is furious. Ron DeSantis, the governor, signed a parental rights bill that said children will not be introduced to sex in grades K through 3. Disney issued this statement on the signing of that legislation, quote, Florida's HB 1557, also known, which it is not, except in the left-leaning media, also known as the Don't Say Gay Bill, should never have passed and should never have been signed into law. Our goal as a company is for this law to be repealed by the legislature or struck down in the courts, and we remain committed to supporting the national and state organizations working to achieve that. We are dedicated to standing up for the rights and safety of LGBTQ plus members of the Disney family, as well as LGBTQ plus community in Florida and across the country. Pete, after hearing that, do you think that parents ought to be taking kids to the next Disney movie? You know, um, when I was growing up, as probably most of your audience, when you thought of wholesome entertainment, you thought of Disney. You know, Mickey Mouse and everybody. You know, it was when I was growing up. You know, you watched. Uh, you know, you're a member of the Mickey Mouse Club, and I wasn't. You know, but but you know, there were all these programs that Disney produced. The Wonderful World of Disney. 
Um, some of your listeners may remember all of that, and it was wholesome entertainment. It was mainly kid-oriented entertainment. And you didn't have to worry about whether or not your kid was exposed to things that, you know, might not be age-appropriate. Now, if you read the DeSantis, I call it the DeSantis Bill, if you read the DeSantis Bill, it's pretty straightforward and uh, has, you know, as you just indicated, has nothing to do with gay or anything else like that. That's a complete fraud that the media and the left, but I repeat myself, are perpetrating on the public. But what's astonishing to me is this obsession by Disney and others, and many of the others others have no idea what's in the bill. As I used to tell my kids when they were young, it's amazing what you can learn by reading. You know, just go and read the thing for yourself. Don't rely on somebody to tell you what's in the bill. But, you know, it would uh, restrain the teaching of sexually explicit views or materials to kids who are five, six, seven, maybe eight years old, but five, six, and seven years old. And you have to ask yourself, one of the questions, and I think DeSantis may have asked this of Disney, what's your obsession with teaching kids who are in kindergarten, first grade, and second grade about sex? What, what is your obsession? Our kids right now are ranked 39th in the world in math. How about concentrating on that? What adult, I mean, really, I, I hate to be so graphic, but what adult, you have to wonder about an adult who wants to teach somebody else's kids about issues, any issues related to sex. Kindergarten kids, what the heck is wrong with you? Um, I'll be a little bit more graphic as a parent and grandparent. If someone tried to do that with my kids or grandkids, and thank goodness no one did, um, I might not be, I might not act with decorum. I'll just put it that way. Uh, this is nuts. And I think most average Americans, when they understand what this is about, think it's nuts. And Disney has really beclowned itself and should be ashamed of, himself, of itself. It is decided because of apparently some pressure internally from some of its employees that it has to get on the woke bandwagon. And apparently they're so gigantic and they've got, you know, facilities in multiple countries, not just in, in Florida, that maybe they think they can get away with this. But most parents will remember this. Most parents don't want to take their five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds and put them in the clutches of somebody who's obsessed with teaching them about sex. Something's exactly. really wrong there. It really, really is. Wrong. It's disturbing. And, uh, and you know, they're already starting to push it into the movies. Their response to this bill is to insert a gay kiss into the upcoming Buzz Light Lightyear movie that they're making. They're putting it in there specifically uh, to spite uh, uh, the, the passage of, of that bill. Pete, uh, hang on. We're going to come right back. I've got more on this and a similar story next. AM 1420, The Answer. Propaganda is the biggest threat to your health. Get your booster of common sense and keep yourself sane. Always right with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. Yeah, I don't know if I can live up to that right now because this is making me insane. What I'm about to share with you and with Peter Kirsten now, 1038 on a Tuesday. Thanks for being with us. Okay, Pete, um, if you thought that the Disney response to the uh, Florida bill signed into law now by Ron DeSantis was bad and dangerous for our children, let me get your thoughts on this. These are, and this is attributed, by the way, to the wonderful account on Twitter of Libs of TikTok. This is a Twitter account 
that somebody uses um, following TikTok, which is filled with just the most insane leftist stuff, so many of it teachers uh, talking about their children in their classrooms. It's unbelievable that somebody takes the time to assemble all of this and put it in one simple place called Libs of TikTok. And, Pete, it's just frightening. This is one of the most recent. This is from the 28th. What's it? So it's yesterday. Okay, perfect. These are internal messages from a fourth grade elementary teacher in Austin Independent School Districts in Texas, Austin, Texas. She's upset that an entire week dedicated to LGBT still wasn't good enough. Now, I'm going to read what she wrote to the, to the board or to the administration complaining that they need more. And then I'm going to read something else, Pete, that I'll ask you to react to. Quote, I feel that it is inappropriate to call our parade this morning a wellness walk at all. While I understand that wellness walk is something that was previously in motion to promote health and fitness and is something we want to continue, it really takes away from the experience of celebrating pride to couple the two. The first pride was a riot. It is not enough to just welcome, love, and celebrate queer folks with an X. Your allyship should always lead you to activism, speaking up and fighting for what is right, even when it feels uncomfortable. We can't choose in and out of our protest spaces. Now, that was the, that was the message. And here's part two, Pete, and this is the disturbing part. She said, quote, out of the 32 students that I teach, remember these are fourth graders, out of the 32 students that I teach, 20 of them are LGBTQIA+, and have come out to me. I feel that we need to do better for them. To affirm our students, I think it would only be appropriate and right to publicly announce that we had this. what we had this morning was a pride parade. Our students are aware and are paying attention. Peter, 20 out of 32, she says, came out to her. 20 out of 32 students, a statistical impossibility, are LGBTQIA. At least that's my take. What's yours? Uh, Based on all the data that I've seen, uh, even at the Civil Rights Commission, where I suspect uh, the staff that puts together the data is probably a little bit more favorable to inflating the numbers. I mean, it's nowhere near that. And uh, but with regardless of what the data show, Uh, I go back to what I said before the break. This obsession with sex and uh, instructing kids on sexual identity and uh, so so forth in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, something is perversely sick and wrong with our society if we're doing that. And the people who want to do this, I mean, maybe I'm old-fashioned. I don't think so. You know, Bob, we had that uh, session in Strongsville with our good friend, John uh, Stover of Ohio Valley's Voters, who knows more about this than I ever will, uh, I think most people are concerned about their kids and want to make sure they're protected from this kind of lunacy. And, and I'm, I'm being charitable. I, this, I'm going to use terms that are not particularly welcome these days. Perverse. I think it's perverse when you have adults that are obsessed with teaching other people's kids as young as five, six, and seven, about sex or sexual orientation. There's something really wrong there. And in addition, I mean, again, what is the purpose of this? 
Give me the pedagogical purpose of this. I see none. You know our what the purpose even, is. Uh, well, yeah, and I'm not even going to go there for right now, but our kids can't even add one plus one. As I said a minute ago, we're 39th in math. When we get up to maybe three, two, or one, maybe we can start thinking about some other things, although I think what they're doing here with respect to this, this obsession with sexual orientation at such a young age, something is seriously corrupt and wrong in our society when we're doing something like that. And I would really question the the people who want to do this. They're an adult who is obsessed or so committed to teaching kids about their sexual identity at such a young age, there is something very, very sick and wrong with that. Well, Pete, it's not, and if we, I may, if I may, I want to I strengthen your word there. She's not teaching them about it at such a young age. When she claims that 20 out of her 32 students, quote-unquote, at, at age 9, came out to her, she's grooming them. She's grooming and recruiting them because there is a political movement afoot and they need more warriors in their, in their movement. And the only way they can gain more political power is to show that a significant portion of the population, not the one to two percent that really truly is, you know, in fact, under one percent that actually has gender dysphoria and thus would be described uh, clinically as trans. Um, that's not going to do it. Having three or four or five percent of the population identifying as LGBTQ isn't going to do it. They're only going to get the political power they seek if they can show massive numbers of it. And these are groomers who are out there doing this for political purposes and, dare I say, for some of their own perverted purposes. I'd respectfully submit to any parents or grandparents who are listening that they take... Affirmative action, really affirmative action in monitoring what's going on in the schools today. We talked a number of times about critical race theory. That's one aspect of it. This is another aspect of it. Again, it seems to me that how we're plummeting in terms of worldwide rankings, in terms of education, shows that we are concentrating on things that have very little to do with education at all. It has to do with, as you indicated, pushing a particular ideology for the benefit of the adults, not the kids. Someone has to tell me how this is benefiting any kids when the stats that I've seen at the Civil Rights Commission are, for example, with respect to transgenderism, more than 40%, according to data, more than 40% of transgenders at some point in their lives attempt some type of disfigurement or suicide. And I don't, I'm not talking about disfigurement that comes with, you know, right, uh, right. changing your... I'm talking about... Self-harm. Exactly right. 40%. Why would we be encouraging something that has such horrific numbers, such horrific outcomes? Uh, um, there's something very sick that's going on in our society. If we can't perceive that, then there's something really wrong with us. And more importantly, this is called arms. They're preying upon our children. And... Just as importantly, they're trying to detach our children from us, from our families, to make them products of the state. And if you think that's an exaggeration, just listen to what the left is saying. They are actively saying things just like that, that parents practically are just getting in the way of the state in terms of properly raising the kids. If you think your kids are your own, if you think you, if you love your kids, Of course, you're going to be vigilant about this. It's difficult as parents to be vigilant about everything, but now that you've been alerted about some of the things that are going on in schools, you can't presume that it's not going on in your school. I guarantee you'll be astounded at what's going on. I know these things only tangentially because I get contacted by parents all over the country 
who think there's something I can do about it, or at least want to alert me to it so that maybe I can alert the appropriate authorities or, or tell them what they can do about it. But it's happening all over the place. It's a, it's a movement that's afoot. And um, I think conservatives, just ordinary Americans all over the place who love their kids, need to take action about this. Yeah, and, and Peter, um, that, that's the part I wanted to get to here. Um, it's one thing to try to be aware and to try to pay attention to what's going on in the classroom and so forth. When you find out, though, then, then the question is, is what do you do? And, and I'll ask you, if this teacher was the teacher of one of your children or your grandchildren in fourth grade, who is telling you that 20 out of her 32 students are gay or, or trans or one of those in the alphabet soup there, I, I would want her investigated immediately. I, 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 want, I literally, there's something criminal going on. There is grooming, as I said. There is, um, there is indoctrinating. There is telling children they have to find something other than what they are to become because we've seen it in other, other examples. But this is so extreme. This is so egregious. Two thirds, Pete, sixty percent, sixty-six percent of these of these children are saying at age nine, "I'm gay," or "I'm not a boy, I'm a girl," or "I'm both a boy and a girl," or "I'm something amorphous that that can't be described." These are nine-year-olds, and they don't do that unless they're being coached to do that. I think she is a predator. I think she is guilty of 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 intentionally trying to groom children for sexual purposes uh, and trying. To dist- and again, not to mention for their own political purposes, uh, you know, hers, um, they're trying to indoct- indoctrinate these kids into a lifestyle that is just extraordinarily unsafe for them. Uh, I, I, if you see a number like that, and she wrote it, this isn't somebody accused. She said, 20 of my 32 kids came out to me. These kids told her what she wanted to hear. She cannot be allowed to be around children anymore. Yeah, you know, this is happening at teachers' colleges. It's happening across. I mean, the, 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 first of all, I think that a disproportionate number of people going into the teaching profession today are kind of these woke ideologues who are more about um, an ideology than they are about pedagogy. They don't care. It seems to me, look, I've been in these schools, and it's a huge departure from when I was in school, but that's okay, you know. Education evolves, but not the way it's happening right now. This is something that is intentional, and I would encourage all parents, because we've seen it with critical race theory, that you have a voice. We've seen it with the um, pandemic, when parents have seen, because of video, what's going on in their schools, they've been outraged, and they've taken matters into their own hands. There have been more protests at school boards, there are more conservatives running for school board slots. <clears throat> it's imperative that we all be engaged, you know, if, even if you don't have a kid or grandkid, your nephews, your nieces, anybody else. This is serious stuff. This is about the future of these kids and the future of America. Um, I, 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 I'm going to try to restrain myself here. This is as serious as it gets. So to the extent they've been training kids with respect to critical race theory, the same is true with comprehensive sex education. As, as I said before, John Stover is the maven on this. He knows this inside out. And it's kind of frightening as to what's going on. We're lowering standards in, truth, true, in terms of true academics, math, reading, the sciences. All these standards are being lowered, and our kids are less competitive than they were in the past vis-a-vis their international peers. 
Yet, boy, oh boy, they can tell you everything in the world there is to know about transsexualism and bisexuality and a whole host of things by the time they're in third and fourth grade. Um, this is bad for our kids. It's bad psychologically for them if you look at the data in terms of self-harm, etc. And it's bad for America. Uh, we need to return to, dare I say, because no one wants to say it, certain forms of morality in our pedagogy. There are certain standards that must be applied when you're dealing with children, but we are abandoning that. And we're doing it to our detriment and at our peril. Sadly, Pete, I don't think pedagogy is what's on their minds. I think it's a different uh, pedo uh, word that is more interesting to, to these people. And I mean that with Disney as well. Uh, there, there is a, there's a, uh, a montage of, news headlines that has been published since Disney, what did what they did when you and I spoke before, of the extraordinary number of Disney employees and including people in management who have been arrested or busted and charged with uh, sex crimes against children. These are people working for the company. So if people don't think that this movement to sexualize children from K through 4 or whatever isn't in some parts, in some places, in some people, a movement to making things easier for them to gratify themselves at the expense of innocent children, then I don't think they're being honest with themselves. They don't want to see the reality of this. There is a legitimate concern here that children are being groomed for sexual purposes, Pete. Um, and, and I don't think it's even a debate any longer. Yeah. Uh, all I can say is I'm not advocating, I would never advocate violence. I'll just tell you how I would feel about this if anything like this happened to my kids. First thing I would do is I'd take affirmative action. I mean real affirmative action. Go to the school, raise holy hell. I would hope I could physically restrain myself, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm laughing, but I, I mean that. And I bet you every member of your audience who has kids, who's heard what we've been talking about, if they became aware of this kind of instruction at their schools or the manner in which their, their kids, as you say, are being groomed, uh, they would explode. There would be a nuclear explosion. Many are not aware of it yet, but it's infiltrating into so many of our schools, and not just public schools. Let's be frank about this. You know, my kids, I was fortunate they went through, you know, Catholic school, K through 12. We were very pleased with their, uh, their education. But you could see the seeds of this infiltrating even parochial schools. And private schools are off the charts. I mean, they may be far ahead of the public schools when it comes to, I mean, secular private schools. Right. So... Be vigilant about this if you care about your kids, you care about their kids' mental health, and you want to make sure that they can compete in society. I go back again. Um, it's bad enough that they are, as you put it, grooming kids, but all the time spent on this is time not spent on science and math and reading and the things that the Chinese are doing and others are doing. And let's face it, this is a competitive big world right now, and we're falling far behind, dangerously so. No question about that. Peter Kersenow, terrific uh, stuff, as always, my friend. Thank you for the analysis you give and the wisdom behind it. Thank you, Pete. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks very much, Bob.